Hello, and welcome to the Outlier Podcast, the podcast for everyone who's interested in building better homes. My name is Sandra, and I am hosting this podcast with Anthony, the founder and lead designer at Outlier Studio, who is passionate about creating beautiful and high-performing homes. Together, we sit down once a month to chat with industry experts and to answer your questions about high-performance homes. We want to educate Australians about the possibilities of energy-efficient design and to change the way we build houses today. We hope you join us on that journey. In this episode, we speak with one of the biggest influencers in the sustainable building sector at the moment, Hamish White from Sanctum Homes. We have been following Hamish for a while and were lucky enough to meet in person on one of his builds a few months ago, the Hempcrete House that is. We talk about all the details of this very special project as well as about his motivation to become a builder and why he loves the certification process of a passive house, even though it does come with its very own challenges. He also shares some information about Builders Declare, a community of professionals from the building industry who are striving for change in the face of the climate emergency. Hamish is a great motivator who is always open to share his insights, and that's exactly what he did with us. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Good morning, and thanks again for joining us today, Hamish. Um, it looks like uh, you're sitting in a makeshift office, pretty, pretty um, authentic on a on a construction site. Or am I am I wrong there? No, no, no. I'm actually in an office that we that we recently finished at my own home because we got rid of up, rid of the office uh, up the road, uh, and we've just we've just lined it with. OSB, we have a you know little tilt and turn window behind me here. Everything's double glazed, but we've um, we've tried to reclaim as much material as possible and oh, turn it into a little studio up the back. So, and it looks down over you know the nice new extension we've just done. So it's a really nice place to work. Oh, nice. Yeah, very authentic then to to what you're doing, which is a good segue over into my actual first question, which I'm sure you've answered a lot of times, but still we want to introduce you properly to our listeners here. Um, so you have a sign behind you that says, uh, Sanctum Home, which is your building company. And we would like to know how you got started in the building industry, because as I understand it, it wasn't a, uh, super linear or straightforward decision right out of school to, to get a foot in the building industry. No, not at all. I, I never intended to get into the trade or become a builder at all. I, finished school and went to university. So I have a Bachelor of Business in Marketing and Tourism. And I then finished school, jumped on a plane, and I was gone for about four years um, in the ski fields in America and Canada, travelled Europe. And then my partner, who's now my wife, um, who I met over there, we drove all the way from Whistler down to Panama, all the way through the States and surfed along the way. And yeah, had an amazing time. But in my time when I was in Canada and in the UK, I started labouring and I did do a little bit of labouring when I was back home because all my friends from school, coincidentally, are all trades, tradesmen. Um, and I guess it, it never seemed like an option for me. I don't know why, but um, no, there's no tradesmen in my family. Uh, it just never occurred to me to do it. But I started labouring and I found that I wasn't too bad at it. Um, so I just started buying tools and just started working with my friends and working when I was overseas in Canada as well um, and made the decision that when I was going to get back to Australia that I was going to pursue a career in carpentry. 
so I did that. I didn't take the traditional route and do an apprenticeship. I started an apprenticeship for about two weeks, but then um, didn't really like the pay that came with that. So I just started <laughs> labouring. Uh, and yeah, and from there, I work with some really great tradesmen and carpenters. I work with some really good friends of mine who are really formative of how I approach um, like the quality of work that we do. And then fast forward five or six years, went for my builder's license, didn't get it, went into partnership with someone and our values for the business didn't quite align. Like I was always... I always wanted to be a sustainable builder. At the time, I didn't really have any clarity around what that exactly was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we parted ways. We started Sanctum Homes um, with the view that we wanted to be sustainable. We wanted to be, you know, green builders. I did my Green Smart professional course, and it still didn't give me, I don't think, exactly what I was after. And then Sven from Max to Design who happens to train at the same CrossFit gym as me, (laughs) Um, we caught up for a coffee one day and he said, have you ever heard about Passive House? And I said, no, that day I went home. I, there was a course coming up in two weeks. I booked into the course and the rest is history. Within 30 seconds of sitting down, listening to Burkhart, uh, because Burkhart was taking the course at the time, I was hooked. I just, yeah. It, made, it was so clear to me that this is how we should be building homes that um, we literally pivoted within three or four weeks that that's what we wanted to do. Wow. Obviously, there's quite quite a little bit of a, a, a time that it takes to, um, I guess, get your first passive house project, and it probably took us yeah. about 12 to 18 months. Um Fortunately for, enough, uh, fortunately for us, we managed to convince some good friends of ours who were building a project in Kyneton, which, Anthony, I believe you've been there. I have, yeah. Um, and we, I guess, managed to convince them that building a passive house was uh, the right thing to do, particularly in that climate. Um, but prior to that, I guess like other builders who are getting into the, the space, we essentially bought our own experience by you know, investing time and money on other people's homes, buying the good building wraps and taking the time to tape everything and um, training my guys up on site. We did do a, um, uh, a, I guess, quite an intimate session with with Burkhart out at his um, factory out at um, Sunshine. Uh, and he ran my guys through through, through some window installs um, and wrapping correctly and, you know, detailing internal um, airtight membrane. So we had the experience um, and that was built up over a couple of years and, and then we let fly on our first Passive House project in Kyneton. Um, and, you know, fast forward 12 to 18 months, we now have three certified projects under construction at the moment with another four or five starting over the next 12 months. Yeah. Amazing. That seems like um, you, you found your path. Um, I'd be interested to know um, because you mentioned you were quite clear from the from the start that you wanted to do sustainable building. What was the motivation behind that? What led you to want to focus on sustainability a bit more in your practice? I think there was a couple of reasons. Um, one, I lo- always loved being outdoors. And you know, from a younger age, you know, in my 20s, I, I knew that climate change was real and that I knew that 
we as society should be doing something about it. I guess at the time, I didn't have a direction in my career. So, you know, I couldn't apply what I believed in to anything in particular other than knowing that we should be doing something better. Yeah. Um, my wife's actually an ecologist, so flora and fauna. So she studied environmental science at Deakin University. Um, and I guess, you know, you know the, the cliche ones, you know, we're always about recycling and we're always, you know, trying not to take the car where we didn't have to take the car. Uh, and I guess when we started Sanctum Homes, we really wanted to be, I think as I said before, like a sustainable builder. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're always conscious about, you know, putting good insulation in. We didn't know anything about building wraps back then, but, um, <laughs> you know, we knew that insulation was the right thing and double glazed windows, you know, were what we should be putting in. Um, and we're always conscious about the waste that we were producing as well. So yeah, um, I think we, you know, we, we wanted to do the right thing, but I guess finding Passive House really was that clarity in, um, and like a measurable uh, approach to building that just made so much sense to me. And I think that's for everyone as well. That like That's the beauty to Passive House is that it gives you measurements. It gives you those performance criteria and values to, that you know are the benchmark that you work to and then get to verify. Um, yep. Is it purely Passive Houses, certified Passive Houses that you're working on now or, or intend to into the future? Or, uh, you know, do you also look at, taking on high-performance builds as well? So we always like to approach all our projects with Passive House as the gold standard. So we'll, we'll be very clear with our clients when they come to us that we only want to be building Passive House. Now, our, our theory behind this is if we, even if we fall a little bit short from a certified building, we are approaching all projects with the five principles in mind. We're well convincing. We're we're educating our clients that a um, preliminary passive house assessment is really critical because it does formulate a lot of the decisions that they are making along the way. So the answer is no. We will do projects that aren't certified projects, but our approach to construction is with the five principles in mind. I know you guys talk about your hybrid homes, and I guess yes, we we do do that. Um, But like. One of the amazing things about Passive House is that it is measurable. So you can actually make decisions based on data. Um, Classic example, I don't know if you saw it on our Instagram post a couple of days ago, I was concerned about, I I was concerned about a thermal bridge that um, the the bottom of the SIP plate or the receiver plate and the bottom of the SIP was going to have on the building. Uh, so we had a, it's a completely um, uncoupled slab, so slab insulation and slab uh, insulation underneath. And there was a thermal bridge band around the entire building. Now that's a band that doesn't have insulation. So I reached out to the, the architect, Fang, from Studio Fang, and asked whether or not he could model it for us because it was going to be uh, additional work for us and some additional materials. So whether or not that was going to be something that we could reasonably absorb or approach the client on it um, and it was really going to hinge on where, what kind of performance or effect on performance it had now as it turns out it was 0.1 kilowatt hours um, and given that we were all already reasonably quite low at 14.4 so well within the parameters of passive house 
we made the decision to move forward without doing it. But the simple process of actually going through that, it was literally five minutes of the architect's time to test yeah. that. And we had the data. We, we, we could go forward making a decision based on evidence, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And that's really like what Passive House is about. It's been able to test and measure. Is that, from your point of view, the biggest difference to a, um, let's call it, volume build or code build home? Um, or what is the biggest difference between a passive house in construction and a standard, current standard build home? Well, there's so much to unpack there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, the, the main thing that I get potential clients to understand is that the NCC, our National Construction Code, is the minimum standard. Like that is the bare minimum standard of home that we should be delivering to our clients. Now, again, I'm not going to throw, you know, volume builders under the bus and say that they're doing terrible things. My personal opinion is that these homes underperform and they don't last, but they are built to the minimum standards and that is the bare minimum of what a home should be. And that's from a thermal performance point of view, structural, um, you know, you look at the, they're, they're supposedly ticking six star ratings. What does that mean? They're some insulation in the walls. The biggest difference for me between passive house and a co-built home is the checks that are done along the way. It's actually measured and checked and then checked by a third party. There's no checks done on your insulation in a normal co-built home. There's no checks done on air tightness in a co-built home. You know, our NCC says that a home should be under 10 air changes an hour. It's written in the it's written in the code. But does anyone check that? No. I'm not getting tired to also mention that the actual energy rating also there's a minimum standard in the code, but no one checks that. It's a theoretical assessment. No one actually checks on it. Yeah, the, the absolute theoretical assessment for sure. And I guess if we go back to why we like to certify buildings is that someone actually checks it and we have to provide evidence. Now, I can see behind you, Anthony, you've got a blower door there in the background. Um, there is absolutely no hiding from a blower door. When a home is pressurised and depressurised to 50 pascals, like you, you can't fudge what those readings are. Have you have you heard the term the red door of truth? <laughs> the red is the the red door of truth, and I, and I've got a story that we'll probably get to in a little bit. That that door brand there gives me anxiety at the moment, and hopefully, it, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna resolve that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'd I'd like to touch on that a bit further in our chat. Actually, that'd be good. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and and look, and that I, I know where that conversation's going, and it's a really amazing example of why passive house is so good because it actually challenges you as a builder to build a better home. Absolutely. Um, so I think that uh, is it time to touch on what the most challenging aspect is for you when it comes to passive house construction? Yeah, it's the detailing. Yeah. Fr- from, a, from, a, from, a, from a builder's point of view, it's the detailing. Um, I mean, you probably know and some of your listeners know our, our approach to construction is that we want to be involved pre-construction as well in fact it's the only way that we um, go into any uh, project so what does that mean it means that we're involved a lot of the time from day one working with the designer and the um, 
the design team. So that might be a passive house consultant, uh, might be the engineer, interiors, architects, obviously. And actually working through the details, particularly from a passive house and air tightness point of view, thermal bridge as well. Um, and from, from a builder's point of view, we, we're going to try and resolve a lot of those pre-construction. Um, and obviously some things can't always be 100% resolved and, you know, we're going to, I guess, try and get to a point where we feel comfortable getting to site and being able to resolve it on site. But by far one of the most challenging things is the, is the air tightness details. So I, yeah, I think that maybe we do bring up that particular project now. Um, so for that particular project, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, do you want to walk us through that, Hamish? And uh, I, what, I, what I'm hopeful here is that there are, people learn from what you've, you've done. Um, I see you certainly yep. as a leader in this space. And I think there's a lot coming up, a lot who have, uh, you know, listening keenly and want to absorb and learn. So let's hope that, yeah, from this particular um, project that we're about to talk about that, you know, they they get to take they get a few takeaways you know for their own projects moving forward look and and if people can learn from our experience then i'm all for that um so i guess i'm going to start this off by saying from my point of view it's okay to fail i think you know by putting yourself out there and trying to challenge the norm that's how we're going to see change in the industry so to put a, wrap a bit of context around that comment at the moment we have what we're hoping to be is Australia's first certified hempcrete passive house. And I've tried to do some research online to find a certified project. And I think maybe there's one in the Netherlands and I don't know of any other ones. Now I'd love to hear about um, some others, if anyone, any of your listeners do know about them, but, but I guess just so we can have some takeaways from it. But this project is by far the, the most challenging project that I've ever done. Um, I, I, I took on the project because the clients are amazing. Um, the design team are also great. We, we work with Gruen Eco quite a lot. So there's a lot of big ticks on this project, which I guess led to us making the decision to take it on. But this project was a really great example of the the pre-construction detailing or attention to detail that you need to do for a success of a passive house project. The, the biggest uh, concern or, or issues that we found with this project was the detailing of where the hemp and the windows meet because mm -hmm. we had no, we had no um, library to draw on of how to detail an airtight um, window opening. Typically in a hempcrete home, the hemp is built around some formwork around a window opening. So you have a, a rough opening and then the window actually gets installed and then it gets rendered in. Now, we're like, no way, we're not doing that because how can we then try and detail air tightness? Um, all, all we're doing there is just relying on that render where it butts into the window to create an airtight barrier. Now, there's two things for me with that. I've never tested a home relying on a render for air tightness and I've never, you know, detailed a passive house or installed any windows in a high-performance home where we haven't taped the windows to the membrane externally and membrane internally or the SIP internally yep. um, if we're doing a SIP project. So I guess the challenge for everybody was that we wanted to have these windows in first 
So we spent, I would say, hundreds of hours just scribbling on bits of paper to try and work out how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it turns out, I think the details that we, I would say most of the details that we did do were quite successful. We did, we used a, a number of ProClimber products. And again, I'm not, you know, no, no ties to ProClimber, but their, ProClimber, their products are, are excellent. We used um, uh, their Contiga PV product, which was actually a, uh, a tape that had mesh on it, which could then get rendered in. Um, we used their Extora tape to tape the windows to the timber frame. Um, and we also used their uh, spray-on um, liquid membrane, the Aerosona Viscon. And we used that in a number of different ways and a number of different combinations to try and get our air tightness details. For example, um, where the SIP reached the top of the hemp wall, we taped the, um, the, the Contiga PV to the SIP roof and then bent it around the corner and then that got troweled in. So you've got a really nice tight air barrier there. Did the same at the bottom, but we did a combination of that and the Arizona Viscon. Um, where we're seeing the challenges at the moment are around the windows. Um, and it's not all windows, it's some of the windows. Mm-hmm. Now, just to put things in context a little bit, currently we're at 0.68 air changes an hour pressurised and depressurised. So we are agonisingly close to having a certifiable building uh, from, a, from a passive house classic point of view. Um, one of the areas that we, we couldn't really test to see whether it was leaking was the lime render because the lime render wasn't actually finished when we tested it and that's actually getting its final coat on now. Um, the other thing to note too is that we actually haven't put any lime render externally either. So for those who aren't familiar with how the, the hempcrete is installed, it's installed around a structural frame and it's, it kind of goes up in um, 600 lifts. Um, so it's wrapped around this frame and then that 300 wide hemp uh, creates um, like a 300 thick um, bit of insulation. It's also got thermal mass. Um, but air can get sucked through that hemp and you're relying on the render internally and externally. Externally is your WRB, so your weather resistant barrier. And internally, um, you're relying on the lime render as your air tightness. Now, it was just all anecdotal for us whether or not the the lime render was actually airtight. Um, I know that there was another hemp house in 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 Tasmania who got one air change an hour. Um, and talking to them, I know that there was a wall that wasn't rendered, um, particularly internally. I'm pretty sure it was externally, but internally it was exposed. Um, and they put their windows in after. Um, but because we were going for a certifiable building, um, we obviously need to get down to 0.6 or, or technically 0.649 because it can get rounded down. Yeah. Um, so that's basically where we are now. And look, and there's other complexities in that project as well. You know, we've got a couple of different um, building materials that we're using. It One part's a structural slab and then that goes into a subfloor um, and then you've got some structural walls with um, hemp and timber cladding, some with hemp and just render. We've got some with a timber frame and wood fibre board. 
just so we can have some consistencies in the external finish because hemp in those areas wasn't going to work. That's a broader discussion. Um, but like, but the, the, the project alone, take the hemp out of it, is a, is a challenging and tricky project to detail. So I guess the fact that we're sitting at 0.67, 0.68 and sort of fluctuating between those two numbers at the moment, I'm pretty proud, but I'm also pretty gutted. Um, I'm really just hoping that, um, you know, the, the works that we're doing now are going to make it more airtight um, rather than uh, uh, in, in potentially a typical passive house where you're relying on Intello and, um, you know, someone could cut the Intello without knowing once the plaster goes on. It's not quite the case on this project because we've got visibility of these walls. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, one of the other really interesting things we found on that project, though, um, as I was crawling around on my hands and knees trying to find <laughs> air leaks, I, 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 I could feel, I, I thought I could feel air coming up through the chipboard and it wasn't like if, if you've ever been in a home that's pressurised uh, or sort of depressurised, you can actually feel the air come through. It's, it's quite obvious where that air is coming through. Um, I couldn't feel that very definite air like path i could just like just around me i could feel air moving so i had this brainwave one morning on one saturday morning when i had you know the legends you know mark from mbh construction and jack from nook construction and i had drew from passive tech there i had uh, jack from nook construction i had a couple of the bay edge guys there all just you know helping trying to find these air leaks like i'll be forever in debt to those guys I got a big cut, uh, like a big um, section of Exasana, so our, our wall wrap, and taped it to three sections of the chipboard floor. And it actually blew up like a big jumping castle you see at a big four caravan park, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really interesting. And, and off the back of that, I, I don't think I'll ever rely on a chipboard as my airtight barrier, which I know some listeners might do that. Um, for me personally, I certainly wouldn't after experiencing that. Um, so to get around that, we actually waterproof the whole floor because we just needed to test. We needed to see what impact that um, that air leakage had. Uh, and we actually managed to drop um, 0.1 air changes. So we went from about 0.75, 0.76 to under point, through to, to, to kicking it around about 0.68, 0.67. So it actually made a significant difference to... Mm-hmm. Um, the air tightness. Now, you know, for those who know Passive House or, or don't know Passive House, like we are talking like such a small hole here. Like it's maybe the size of a 50 mil. Um, I don't know, Anthony, maybe you can touch on this, you know, 0. 0.5 inch, 0.05 air changes. Yeah, you'd be testing me on what that looks like as far as like a size goes for that, that uh, yeah, that change rate. <clears throat> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's very little. We'll say that it's yeah, <laughs> it's very li- yeah. And look, we've we've had extensive conversations with the clients around, um, you know, what it looks like if we don't get to it. Now we do have a certifiable home as it stands right now. We have a certifiable PHI low energy home, so it is a certifiable building under the Passive House Institute of Germany. But you know, we want that badge, right? Like we want 
we want to have the first certified hemp creep passive house in Australia and call that arrogant, call it stupid. I don't know what you want to call it, but, you know, we are just to get there. That's what I call it. Pioneer, uh, yeah. And, and, look, it's been a really great journey, I guess, for my own education. But the other thing, and, and I'm going to touch on this and I touched on it before, the other thing that I have really loved about this project is the support that you're getting from the community yeah. of builders, of architects. I know you guys have been out of even our clients and people that follow us on Instagram. Um, like, and I know we're going to touch on the builders declare thing in a, in a second, but you know, we want to build better homes. And if, if, if we can educate people to build better homes and show them the things that we're doing and they're going to become better builders, better carpenters, better trades, better designers, that's awesome. But what it really showed me, particularly on that Saturday when all those boys were there, yeah. they didn't have to be there. You know, they were there on their own free will. And they're like, no, nah, we want to get this across the line. So we're here to help. And it was it was amazing. It was really amazing. Yeah. I, I was so inspired by that. I was like, I started a bit of FOMO, to be honest. I was like, God, I wish I was there just, you know, helping out like, wherever <laughs> I can. So uh, that got me really, yeah. I was uh, had a bit, a bit of extra spring in my step that day. I think what we, um, yeah, what we also really see and, and can relate to what you just said there, is the amount of community, this approach to to building better homes and to just trying to find ways to improve how we build homes in Australia has created. It's not that we're fighting with each other, and it's a relatively small niche still, unfortunately. It's getting bigger for sure, um, but it is still a niche. But what you see is that people are trying to help each other and we're trying to learn and come together and really, yeah, share information, share details, talk about it, discuss, um, get inspired by what other people around you are doing, which is 100% why we were so keen to come out and look at the Hempcrete House ourselves, why we're trying to um, network and talk to other people in the industry to learn from them to see what they're doing, to share some stuff that we have come up with, to, yeah, just get get the word out there. It's not about competing with each other. It's about coming together to spread the word and to try to – it sounds it sounds a bit um, idealistic, but at the end of the day, I 100% believe that that's what it is. We're just trying to improve something that we 100% believe needs to be improved. And I guess that's the perfect segue to Builders Declare – yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree more with that comment. And 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 one of the things that I've noticed, even over the last few weeks, is the people that are actually taking an interest in passive house. I know my my one of the old um, HVAC people that we use. I'm not going to name names, um, but we don't use them much anymore because you don't need to use them in our homes. Um, he said to me, in his words, were. At first, I thought this whole passive house thing was a big wank, but I get it now. He goes, and, and to come from him, it's it's a big deal, right? It is a big deal. Like, however you want to look at passive house or a high-performance home, whether it's economic, sustainability, health, however you want to look at it, you can sell it to anyone. It It, it, it is relevant to all of us in one way or another, and the benefits of a passive house uh, I, I, this space is, is going to be huge. Um, it's going to be massive. Yeah. Um, builders, the, builders declare. Um, I think it was early 2020 when the declare movement in Australia really took off. I remember maybe it was late night 2019. I remember being down in Apollo Bay um, 
when Simon and myself from Sustainable Homes Melbourne first started communicating via email because I saw it come up. I think he posted something. I reached out immediately and said, hey, let's catch up for a beer. You know, this yes, climate change is a real thing. You know, the architects jumped on board really quickly, um, but there wasn't really much action from any of the builders. So, you know, fast forward a few months, there were seven of us um, and we had these grand ideas of um, what we were going to do and, you know, how we were going to help educate the industry. And it has been a bit of a slow burn um, and, and sometimes frustrating with how things, how slow things have gone with the organisation. But I guess given the fact that we're all very, you know, seven very busy builders who are, you know, running a business on the side and, uh, sorry, running a business and then doing the builders to clear on the side, we've achieved a lot and we've got some pretty big news coming up. Um, what is it? Um, we are a group of seven builders. Um, there's Brian from iSmart Building Group and he's out in uh, WA. We've got Simon from Sustainable Homes Melbourne. We have Jeremy Spencer from Positive Footprints, Jesse from GLUX, Michael Murphy from Align Building and Michael Lim from Michael Lim Builders and myself. So we have incorporated Builders Declare Australia and our mission is to help educate the industry, um, particularly other builders and other trades on how to build better buildings. Um, at the moment, we're doing that through our podcast, which is the Sustainable Builders Yak. And through the webinar series we're doing, which I think we're up to about webinar 15 or 16. Um, and I've been hosting that. Um, I'm taking a break this month and Michael Murphy's jumping on. Um, that's going to be a really great one. That's going to be on um, uh, the seven home, seven star home uh, legislation that's going to come out in the NCC, which is going to be really great. We've got Jeremy Spencer talking about that. Um, but yeah, look, we've got big goals for Builders Declare and unfortunately a lot of the, some of the things I can't talk about right now because we haven't quite launched it yet. But, um, you know, it's not going to be secret. We, we just want to do it right. We want people to take us seriously with what we're doing because, you know, we genuinely believe that the group of us have, you know, our, our motivations are pointed in the right direction of what we're trying to achieve and that is to help lift the 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 standard of uh, our homes here, you know, particularly carbon, our carbon footprint, whether that's operational or whether that's, you know, cost during build. Um, Jeremy Spencer's, um, that's his, his uh, you know, that's his bag. Like he, he's, he's amazing at that stuff. And um, yeah, and just we, we, we you know, we will pick people with uh, really interesting products, which we feel are quite aligned. Um, we've done wood fiber, hemp, um, We've had Wholesome on talking about their eco-packed concrete, which um, is an amazing product if you haven't um, heard about it. Again, not aligned with Wholesome, but it's a great product. Um, we've done a webinar on how to, or, or the benefits of a weather-resistant barrier and, and why we think it's important. Uh, but yeah, that, our goal is to educate. Um, how big it's going to get, I'm not too sure. Um, but we we've seemed to have found our groove with it, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a frequent listener of the Builders Declare podcast and yeah. Wow. What a, what a, uh, you know, brain trust there. There's so many, um, 
yeah, just knowledgeable people in that group. I've really, really found it educational myself and I've learned a lot from it thus far. Um, so where can people find that information, Hamish? So uh, our we have a YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. So it's just Builders Declare Australia. Um, I guess full disclosure, you could probably just go in there and Google Builders Declare Australia and, and watch the um, webinars, but please subscribe um, just so we can have some visibility of the people that are watching it. Um, and if you jump on Spotify or um, wherever you get your podcast from and just look up Sustainable Builders Yak, um, there's been some absolute crackers on there recently and we've got a really great one about to come out um, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll make sure to have all of these links in our show notes as well so people can just go on the page and click it and find all that information. Awesome. Look, and I think uh, getting back to what our motivations are, it's probably not too dissimilar to what you guys are trying to do here and that is to, to educate. And again, this is one of the things that I love about the high performance and the passive house space is people's um, willingness to share information and help other people. I don't, I don't know how many times I've called other builders in this space just to ask a question about a detail and, you know, vice versa. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, that's been one of my, um, my favorite things to do is just connecting with others in industry in the, you know, who are like-minded um, one, just because there is that community that you've already spoken about that you're just tapping into and, um, and also, you know, to the education uh, that you get from this, like a, a single site visit to see a, a one-off or maybe even a, a national Australian first or world first, like to have that opportunity for, and thank you, Hamish, for having, giving us everyone that opportunity to come and see that um, and learn from what you're doing there. Uh, it just, it just grows from there exponentially it's just yeah it's great mm. so where to from here where where does where does the australian construction home construction go to from here what's what are your thoughts on the future i i would love let put it this way our homes like let's let's look left and right here let's look at the new zealand let's look at northern america um they have had leaky builder syndrome right? It's a thing, right? Just because it's not a big thing here in Australia, I guarantee it's happening. Our, our, the point I'm trying to make here is that our standard of building needs to improve. Um, there needs to be, there needs to be better checks along the way, whether that's an insulation or a building wrap check that needs to happen from a certified, you know, a, a building surveyor. Just insert another check in there, big deal. Like it's 10 minutes of your time. There's nothing at the moment in the NCC that's making people accountable for what they're doing. And I think that's really important. I'd love to see that. And, and, and although it seems slow at times, we are seeing some change. I think the changes that we're going to come at September in the, the, the new NCC where there is um, more talk around air tightness and there's more, well, hopefully we see the seven stars being introduced into a, into the National Construction Code. Where to from here? I'd love for it to be accountable. I'd love for us to do blower door tests. I'd love to have a minimum of five air changes an hour in in our homes. I'd love to have the you know you know single glazed glazed windows just to be non-existent unless it's in a non-habitable outhouse or garage. Um, I just love to see the quality of these homes uh, improve. I was saying to one of the guys on site this morning, one of my most exciting times of a project 
is when we're wrapping the building with our building wraps and seeing how neat all the joins are and seeing those windows in. And then you see that beautiful, glorious cavity batten go on, which is 25 mil of, you know, air circulation. So that's a, a breathable, dry, you know, uh, you know, airtight building. Like they're the, things that, they're the things that excite me. And then I know we're just going to slap cladding on and never see it again. But I don't know what I found with my team particularly is the care that we take in doing those things now then translates all the way through to the final product. Because if they're spending all this time, you know, detailing and, you know, having the intention to detail and craftsmanship to this particular part of the building, there's no way they're going to fuck up the rest of it. They're going to make sure that that's beautiful as well. Yep. Set those precedence expectations from the very beginning and uh, follow it all the way through. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Like that's the verification of as built. Um, I mean, this is something that we have a, we have a, a service that does this um, with the intent of it becoming regulated. We're kind of trying to pave the way, I guess, to show, hey, this can be done and this is how we're doing it. So, you know, we, we use blower door, we use the infrared thermal camera inspections, we'll inspect insulation before plaster goes on, make sure it's all installed, you know, as per or in accordance with the energy rating. Um, including under slab if, or slab edge if it's present. Um, and it is disappointing. You suspect, your, you know, your suspicions of there being um, leaky home syndrome and in some of the inspections we've done, it, it, that validates that. So, yeah, hopefully um, we can, yeah, work towards bringing that in uh, as an inspection. Um, happy to pass on our IP to anyone who's interested. So get in contact if you want to know what we're doing and how we're doing it. So, um, yeah, I suppose... I'll, I'll turn back to you, Hamish, here and, and ask, like, what's next? What's next for Sanctum and yourself and the team? Another Hempcrete house or are you done with that? <laughs> <laughs> so so it's funny you say that. I, 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 our pre-construction manager asked me that a few weeks ago and I said, no, I'm never doing one again. And literally <laughs> the next day I got a phone call from an amazing off-grid house in the Otway Ranges, which in my head was saying, say no, say no, say no, say no. But I think those, I think those clients are coming out to um, our Hempcrete house in the next couple of weeks. Um, we've actually also um, been contacted by a, develop, a developer in Massachusetts because they're hoping to do the next wave of homes there and use Hempcrete. Um, so we caught up a couple of weeks ago and um, they may get us on to do some consulting work. Um, I would like to think that we could start doing some of our own projects where we're, you know, I'd, I'd love to demonstrate to developers that these homes are going to have value, that um, building a high-performance home is going to be a good investment for them and a good return on their investment and that hopefully that bigger is not better, that smaller homes can serve the same function as a, as a larger home. Um, so I'd love to do that. And I think if you start sort of changing that, um, you know, from a developer's point of view, that these things are, um, have good, I guess, economies around them, then hopefully we start seeing that side of the industry change. Um, but I would love to, yeah, so developing is one of the things for, for us. Um, I've, you know, builders declare, I, I, I think it's like, I love educating. Um, I love 
I guess, sharing our experiences and, and um, um, you know, giving giving talks on, on, on our experiences. I'd like to do a little bit more of that too. So who knows? But for, for the, first and foremost, you know, we really want to dial in our product um, over the next two or three years. I think we're, we're starting to get a really good team around us, um, both pre-construction and on, on site. So we've still got a lot of, well, I feel we've got a little bit of work to do on that um, to make sure that's all nice and dialed in. So then we can start to start shifting our attention to um, uh, some other projects. Well, I can only say um, we're definitely will be watching. We'll be following along the journey. Um, we've been fans from day one. We appreciate the time you take and the the questions you answer and the information you share um, as part of this important movement um, that we 100% want to be a part of, are a part of and are supporting. And, um, yeah, thank you very much for your time and I guess we'll be, yeah. One, one other thing I just want to jump in. What is next for Sanctum Homes? I think there's going to be a Sanctum Homes and Outlier project coming up. So let's uh, let's make that happen. We w- there, there absolutely will be. And it's really interesting that we, we I didn't realise some of your uh, next steps are actually aligned with ours as well. So we'll expand on that for sure. Oh, perfect. I know, I know exactly where that's heading. Sounds great. <laughs> awesome. No, thank you again, Hamish. I really appreciate uh, you've, you've been educated. Uh, you've been someone that I've found very um, educational and, and have probably influenced our own um, process and operations without even knowing it as well. So um, thank you again. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. And, and look, do, do you guys with this podcast, I mean, I, I could find myself cooking dinner sometimes where, you know, the kids are having a bath or going to bed and I'm just like listening to windows and, you know, <laughs> the sol- listening, to, listening to the solar, solar one the other day. Like it's, it's awesome. Like I'd, I live and breathe this stuff. I love hearing other people's experiences and, I, you know, again, take my hat off for you guys to getting this up and running because I think it's a really great, valuable um, source of information. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thanks again to Hamish for taking the time to chat with us. If you want to see some pictures of the Hempcrete House, head over to the Sanctum Homes Instagram page or follow the link in our show notes. We also have all the relevant links to Builders Declare and the Sustainable Builders Yak podcast for you on our page. And a little announcement, that first project of Outlier and Sanctum Homes is in the making. Thanks for listening and until next time on the Outlier podcast.